Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. I have a dream. Those four words, when they're used together, almost all of us know who they came from and the power and the depth and the meaning behind those four words. On August 28th, 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. led the March on Washington and shared what is now known of as the I Have a Dream speech. The dream in a nutshell was a dream for racial equality, for racial injustice and oppression to end, and for racial reconciliation to sweep across our land. And while great advances have been made throughout the years in this dream, it sure feels like there is a long, long way still to go. The events of 2020 did not create racial tension and divide. They exposed the tension and divide that was already there. So today, uh, on this Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, as we honor and celebrate his life as a country, I wanted to take some time to have a a very candid conversation uh, around racial reconciliation and how the church, God's church, should and can be a part of that as we continue the sermon series we're in called Broken Normal. If you don't know who I am, by the way, my name is Jeff Manis. I'm the lead pastor here, and I am just so, so honored that, that all of you have chosen to give some of your time to connect with God and to connect with his people today. To our online family, hello to you guys as well. Love you so much. Uh, I just continue to praise God that we live in a day that we have this technology to keep you engaged even while you can't be here for whatever reason uh, keeps you away. As I said, we're continuing this series called Broken Normal. And as we made our way through this pandemic-laden year we call 2020, very early on in the pandemic, we, we started saying things like, I can't wait to go back to normal. And in many ways, that's, that's still true for me, that there are some things that, that we need to get back to, normal things that, that we need just to be healthy in our lives relationally, physically, financially, whatever it is. But there were so many parts of life that if we went back to them, they were already broken. And one of those things was the racial tension and divide that exists in our country. It was a broken normal that we need not go back to. My heart, just as a, as a person, as a Christian, as a pastor, my heart broke as the events of 2020 unfolded. And I saw the, the hurt, the pain, the fear of so many Americans, but specifically our brothers and sisters of color, as we walk through some of the tragic events in, in 2020, I was challenged. I was convicted. I did some repenting and confessing in my own life of, of, of pride that I've held on to that, that maybe made the problem even, even worse. And I was moved to be a part of a solution. Amen? If you're a Christian, you should desire to be a part of a solution because Jesus desires a solution to this. In fact, Jesus is the solution to our racial 
divide. And so uh, today, I've invited a couple of pastors to, to help us with this conversation. Some pastors that maybe have experienced the world differently than many of us had, can, have seen it through different eyes. Uh, we invited three pastors who were going to be here. One of them had an emergency this morning and could not make it to any service, and we're praying for him. I don't know the details, but praying for whoever's involved, that everyone is, is safe and, and healthy and taken care of. But we do have a couple of pastors with us that I'm so excited uh, to introduce to you here in, in a moment. Uh, these guys lead churches um, here in our community, and they'll share what those churches are in here in a bit. But they have their own families, their own jobs, uh, and, and they've graciously given us all morning. They've been here all morning long, every service. They've got to be exhausted, and I'm just so thankful for them. So last service, you guys are my favorite service, right? So, so I, want, I want you to give the best element church welcome you can to Pastor Stephen Latham and, and Elder Stephen Gannison. Go ahead and get him, come up here, guys. <laughs> Go ahead and take the seats you were in as, as we started today and the microphone should already be on. And uh, I didn't tell you guys this, but this is my favorite service. It's the smallest service, but they got the most fire. So yeah, you noticed, didn't you? Uh, and, and so I'm glad that you guys are here. We've had an amazing day today, and uh, these guys have been just wonderful, gracious, and humble in helping answer some very difficult questions that you actually can ask questions today live. You can go to slido.com, S-L-I-D-O.com, and then there'll be a place to enter the keyword element. And when you go there, it'll bring up the questions that have already started to be asked, and you can ask your question there. There is a moderator, and so I don't think any of you will be mean or divisive or, or vindictive. If you are, you won't make the cut. You'll be moderated out. Um, but if you want to ask a question, you can put it on there, and then you can actually upvote questions. So if there's a question that's been asked and you want that question answered, just click the thumbs up button that's on the, the screen there on Slido, and uh, we'll make sure that question goes to the top, and that will be the one uh, that we answer and I just want to acknowledge, we've said this every service, um, and these guys are, are in agreement, we, this is, we do agree on this, that we're not going to agree on everything, right. right? We're not going to agree on everything, but we can still disagree and love one another. Do we not need that today? Yeah. To be able to disagree with someone and not cancel them in this cancel culture in which we live, and so we're, gonna do, we're not going to all agree, and that's fine, but we are going to be unified, Amen. And listen, unity does not mean uniformity. Unity is not total agreement, it's total alignment towards a common goal. And the common goal is reconciliation and peace between brothers and sisters who might look differently or come from different backgrounds. So with that said, we're going to jump right in with kind of a preloaded question that I want us to get started with. You guys have got to be mentally and spiritually exhausted, uh, and so I'm gonna, we're going to give her one more go, be praying for these guys as they do this one more time. They've given their all every service, but how can the church better engage the racial reconciliation conversation and the fight against racial injustice? Like, where's the church's part in this? I'm going to first introduce myself again. Yes. Oh, yeah. Please give, give your name and what church you're I'm Stevie Gannison. Um, I, some of y'all might remember me from 2016, ran for mayor. My church is New Kingdom Church of God in Christ. Um, been in the city established since 1981. But I'll, I'll start with that question. How can the church better engage the racial reconciliation conversation and fight against racial injustice? The church has to be the center. Yeah of it all. We have to um, get 
the people out of their comfort zone. You have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. If you're comfortable, you'll sit there. Yeah. But when you're uncomfortable, you fidget a little bit. <laughs> you move around a little bit, and you're ready to talk. And, and if we never engage in any type of conversation, how will you know how I feel or how I'm thinking? That's good. And it starts with our church. Yep. Where family means everything. Mm, that's good. Pastor Latham, can I share what church you're representing to? Yeah. Um, I'm Pastor Stephen Latham. I'm the pastor of No Greater Love, Church of God in Christ. It's over on the south side. I'm happy to be here for the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're glad it's almost over, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's been good. But um, anyway, I think, well, as I said before, the church has to be in the forefront. We have to be the lead. So we, we just have to stand up and we have to first admit that there is a problem. Yeah. We have to say it exists, yeah. that racism, it all exists, and we have to say that. We just have to be open. And, and there's, we don't have to play the blame game, just say it's there, and then start to find answers to the problem. Yeah. And, um, and as Stevie said, we, we have to be on the forefront. We're the church. Yes, come on. We're the voice. We should be the voice. Yeah of this world, we should be crying in the wilderness mm. and telling them what is right, what thus saith the Lord, what's in the Bible that we read, and, and that's not what God, God is love, and he never talked about this kind of stuff as being right, and that's what yeah. we need to do, so I believe we need to be in the forefront yeah. of this thing, carrying out. Yeah, it's good. So this question is, is one being voted up. What are some unhelpful statements and attitudes that prevent reconciliation, besides the obvious ones that we should all know. Uh, but what are some unhelpful statements and attitudes? And this one was asked previously. You guys did a great job answering this one. So, um, Elder Gannison, if you want to take that one. The, the one statement that really, really is unhelpful, my best friend is black. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That just, it just sends you in a whirlwind. <laughs> We know it's not true. <laughs> but that, that is an unhelpful statement because it does make it seem like you want to minimize wow. what is really going on, you know. Or, you know, oh, my daughter could date a black man. Mm. Could? <laughs> or should? Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's things that are said, and we know that that you don't mean it. You just sometimes some people just say things out of ignorance and don't yeah. they just say something because they think you want to hear that. Mm. But that is very unhelpful to say anything like my best friend is black. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Pastor Latham. Now, for this one I wrote down some things just so I would remember. Um, and some of them are to put the past in the past. Yeah, that's, that's not helpful. And then how many times do we have to apologize about the past? And, wow. and then all lives matter. So those are just some things that we, we, we know all lives matter. We, <laughs> we know we've, we've said this in the first two sessions. All lives do matter. Amen. We're all precious in his sight, so all lives matter. But, but all lives are not being shot in the streets right now. Come on. So we're talking about a certain people that's... Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, this, this one is a little more lively than the first yeah, I'm two. I'm telling you, it's the, it's the fire it's 12, service. It's 1230. They got some rest and had lunch and everything. So they're, <laughs> so they're ready. But yeah, 
we know all lives matter, but again, it's the people who are being shot in the streets right now. That's what we're trying to get stopped. So we, we believe everybody matters, but we want those things to stop. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. So that, I mean, that leads right into the next question that we got here. Um, how do you think the Black Lives Matter movement honors God or does it? We had a similar question in an earlier service. We didn't actually answer this one in first service. We did a similar one in second service, but this is a different worded differently. How do you think the Black Lives Matter movement honors God or does it? Well, since it's a lively cloud, well, Jesus said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I mean, if you look at the, the meaning of Black Lives Matter, that honors God. Now, some of the things that are being done does not honor God. That's good. To, to fight and all that and breaking stuff and stealing from. And the Bible says thou should not steal, yeah. kill. Now, come on. Now, you know, we, we're not down with that. But we do know that um, Black Lives Matter, that part honors God when you love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh-oh, that, that's, a, that's a tough one. Yeah. To love your neighbor as yourself, even in spite of his color, in spite of what they done said, in spite of being spit on, in spite of. It takes some type of, ooh, I'm about to get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Somebody watch out. You know, it... it <laughs> You know, Jesus, he had to learn. You know, he, he, he loved us in spite of. He yeah. had the ability to love because he healed the sick and they said kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let that go. go you, you, all, you all have done woke up the sleeping giants here. Just so you know, yeah. Pastor Lathan. You guys got me ready to go. <laughs> I can preach now. But, but when we look and I believe uh, Pastor Jeff said there was a difference, we believe in the Black Lives Movement of, of when we are supporting people of color than justice that they have endured for all of these years yeah. and trying to get rid of that. Now, the, the other part, I don't believe in everything they stand for. So we, we have to make a, a, a difference in that. We're, we're fighting for people and rights, for just their civil rights to, to live. All right now. <laughs> <laughs> to be able <laughs> you guys are awesome <laughs> go y'all got me excited up in here see we we're, we're pentecostal preachers oh. up in here we know hey we'll we'll dance in a second amen you better watch out get us talk get us talking but anyhow you know in the yeah. first one i spoke a lot of I, trying, I was trying not to do that but y'all got me excited again but anyway we're we're, we're trying to help people who have not had the same privileges as others. That's the movement that we're trying to, to um, put forward. That's what we, and we want to do it in love. And it's like, you, you get people in there and they'll try to, to, to make good bad. But we have to remember all the stuff that happened that is bad. That's not the people who's trying to work for God. Those aren't the people who's yeah. trying to, to make this movement what it is. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I shared this in the last service because I think, for, especially for those of us who are, who are white, we, we can be a, a little bit ignorant sometimes with that phrase, Black Lives Matter, that I think a lot of us equate the movement or the statement Black Lives Matter to the organization Black Lives Matter, and they are two separate things. I mean, there is an organization called Black Lives Matter, and I don't support everything that they support, Amen, me. but I do support that Black Lives Matter. Amen. I can support that. Yeah. So... 
we, we need to be a little bit more educated, I think, in our understanding of what the statement is and what the organization is. They are two separate things. We can support the statement without supporting the organization, and that's okay. So uh, it's a great question. I'm glad somebody asked it because that's, that's, like that's like a trigger uh, we're, uh, statement, right. and we were able to address it. And I hope that's helpful to, to disengage the two, the organization and the movement. We can support one without having to support the other. Right, right. Um, so what questions, this is the next one voted up here, what questions do you wish someone asked you about this subject that isn't being asked? For me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story, and then I'll, I'll tell you what I wish. I wish, well, I'll tell you what I wish. I wish somebody would ask me how I feel mm. as being a black man, scared, sad, unsure of tomorrow, uh, driving down in the, you know, police pull up behind you. Oh, you know, how do I feel when I see him? Um, a situation when they put a noose in my truck at my job. Man, nobody asked me how I felt. Wow. You know how it feels to go to work and knowing that somebody want to hang you for what reason? I'm the nicest guy you probably ever going to meet. Eh, 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 well, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's the, I wish somebody would ask me, how do you feel being black? Wow. Ask me if I really choose to be black. Mm. Some days I tell you, nah, wow. I, I don't know if I want to be black today. Wow. Uh, especially if they're going to throw me off the airplane first, if they go in off a alphabetical order. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> um, I think I said in the other two, you know, I think most of the questions are being asked, but I, I do agree with um, Stevie that when you ask me, be willing to ask me how I feel, be willing to ha hear the true answer. Um, and I, I, I think that's, that's something we, we really don't want to hear because we don't even want to believe that, the, that there's um, racism now, that there's, it's going on, but it is. Yeah. And uh, I think when you, when you hear the, the plight of someone of a black man who, who's living in this country and still feels like he's a second-class citizen, even though we're supposed to be way beyond that. Mm. You know, this, this is more than, some of these young people don't even know what happened. This is yeah. more than 50 years ago, 55, almost 60 years ago when we started this, and it's still going on. What does that say? Yeah. What does that tell you? So we, we, I, we've come a long ways now. Don't, don't get me wrong. We've yeah. come a long ways, baby. But um, yeah. <laughs> I dated myself again. <laughs> No, that's come good. On, we've come a long ways, but we still have um, a long ways to go. But I think a lot of the questions are being asked now. People are finally being willing, are being willing, um, able to talk about the situation. So, yeah. yeah, that's super helpful. But, but what both of you guys shared, I think, I hope we all internalize that. Just asking somebody uh, how they're feeling. It's that your guys' answers were were helpful to me. I appreciate that. Um, so why, this one is a repeat one, we've done this every service, so why do you think the conversation around race and racial equality turns political so easily? How do we lose sight of this as a gospel conversation? Because it really is gospel-centered. You can't read the New Testament and not see that racial equality is a gospel-centered theology. Um, but we've lost track of that and made it political, so why is that? 
it has started with Republican, Democrat, and Independent. <laughs> that is all we think about, and gospel goes right out the window. Yep. Are you a Republican? Yep. Are you a de Democrat? We forget about Jesus. Mm. Wow. We just mm. want to know what party you belong to, because then it divides us. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, right now, if you're, if you're a Democrat, man, or a Republican, I mean, it's, they might ask you, first thing you put your hand, I don't know which one I am, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to be either one right now. Yeah. I mean, I just want to be called a believer. How about you? I want to go to heaven. How many of y'all want to go see Jesus? If you really want to go see Jesus, I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, but we just got to get We're that in church, our hearts. Man. Amen. I'm sorry. We're having church. This is awesome. Yeah, this is the service I'm going to come to. <laughs> this one right here. Yeah. Um, for me, I believe it's just like uh, Elder Ganson was saying, it starts with, it's because we as a people, we don't want to take responsibility ourselves. Yeah. I know that's the truth. Yeah. I'm preaching right now. We don't want to yeah. take. She's going to make me stand up, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we as a people, all of us, um, as a nation, we don't want to take the responsibility. We put it on somebody else. And what we normally do is we put it to the government mm. to take care of our business. But we should, as children of God, as saints, whatever we call ourselves, yeah. we should be the ones leading out. We should be telling them what we want. They shouldn't be dictating to us. It should be the other way around. We, hey, man, come on, saints. Hallelujah. We should be telling them what, what the agenda is. They shouldn't be putting it to us. All right? Yeah. Jeff, they been, they I, think, I think we're going to put this service online. Is <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. Amen. Oh, you guys are awesome. But I'm, I'm telling you, this did not happen in any other service. So it's all, it's all you guys. You're, you're helping out. You're helping out. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So what advice, this is a brand new one. We've not seen this one yet. Uh, what advice would you give to a leader in how we can create or facilitate change in creating an inclusive work environment to eliminate racial injustice? Like how can leaders create inclusive, more inclusive environments? First, we got to, as leaders, you know, Jeff, I'm glad you ain't got no organ because if you had an organ, it'd be oh, over with right now. <laughs> you know, people of color, black folks like organs because it help us, you know, articulate <laughs> our words. We get a tune. But this one is so easy and simple. This main reason I ran for office was because I seen leadership wasn't doing well. Mm. I seen that all leaders want to do is go behind a podium or sit behind a desk and not lead the people. You have to start talking about things. When you see things that are going on, you have to address it. If you never address it, you're part of the problem. Mm. So a leader, how we get this, we got to create... Um, they call it culture now. You got to create a different culture where you sit down and talk about different environments and different things that people do in their jobs and how different people are raised and how different people act. Yes, and first yes, of all, yes. the leader must realize where he came from because yeah. subconsciously or consciously, you don't even know. You might have been taught prejudice and it's just triculated on into where your position yes, yes, is. Yes. And if you remember how you grew up and you didn't want to be part of that, then wow. you can change some things but when you don't acknowledge first that auntie m always used the n-word then you will never understand because oh she that's just who she is you've got to get rid of rid of that's just yeah. who she is that's it is time for a new day stand up and lead yeah it's good man Amen. Come on. Amen. i'm afraid to ask but you want to add anything else <laughs> well for me i think 
we as leaders need to be open to hear from the people. We need to be ready to, to listen. We don't know everything. I like, I like Jeff because he, he's trying to learn, and, and, and this is one of the things he's doing, having these kind of forums, being willing to hear. We don't know everything. Yeah. Just because we live here don't mean we, we know everything. Just because I, I, I'm my age doesn't mean that, that we... <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean that we know everything. Yeah. You know, we can still learn. Be willing to have an open mind to listen to what the people say and be willing to, to taste somebody else's food, to learn about what somebody else does on a Saturday night. Learn how to play dominoes. Do something like that. Amen. Listen to, to, to mariachi music. Be willing to know that what you have is not the only thing good. that is good. That's good. That's awesome. Amen. Teach Very it. Good. Yeah. So this, we have not addressed this question yet. Is it okay for people of color to use the N-word, or does it set back progress? It's totally offensive for me to call my brother something that they wanted to, that they would kill us wow. over. Yeah. Now, what good is it for me to call you something that they want to kill you wow. with? And, and, and first, it, it, it's appalling. I, I don't like the music yeah. that, that used that. Man, you didn't have nothing else to say. Hmm. I, anybody could do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not okay. It is a setback because guess what? Now my brother here that's white said, oh, I just heard you call it. How come I can't say it? Mm. Mm. If it offended you, why did you just say it? Mm. Mm -hmm. Setback. Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree, but I do have to tell you that there's a big controversy over that. Yeah. Uh, to me, I don't care how you say it, it's offensive and we shouldn't be saying it. But, you know, uh, even in the black culture, you know, they, they say it's all right because they're not saying it how they said it back in slavery days. Doesn't make any difference. It's, a, it's, a, um, it's part of what it was. So it, it sets us back. It's, it's not a word. I wouldn't, I don't, I've never, <laughs> never have called anybody that word because it's so offensive and it was something that was used to put a race of people down. So why would you, you want to do that? So yeah. I, I believe it sets us back and I think one day we'll even, even though it's, we won't use it in music, we won't use it in anything. So yeah. Why, why do you think it is so pervasive, especially in the, in the pop uh, rap culture? Why do you think that is? Why it's so, so used so prevalently? It's to assault you. People, I mean, when I was young, I was going to fight you. you what up? You, okay. know, you know what I mean? It okay. was to make you mad, to get you to throw them hands. Watch out, boy. One of this. You know, it's okay. the, it's, that's what they use it for, to make you mad. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's, that's what it's for, right. slap you in the face. Yeah, and, and again, you know, in, in they're saying, like, when it was said, it was N-I-G-G-E-R. But now it's like N-I-G-G-A, and it's not the same thing. And that's what I, I mean. They're saying it's, it's not a word. And, and they are saying it's a, a word of um, love and, and, and yeah, yeah, brotherhood. And wow. I, yeah, I don't see that. Wow. But, okay. but, but that, that yeah. is part of it. Okay. So what is something that people of non-color, white people, are still oblivious about? One, laws. Jim Crow, nobody probably in here know about Jim Crow laws. They are still evident today. They have triculated from down south to the east, to the north, and to the west. Jim Crow in Cheyenne, Wyoming on our books. If you go to certain older neighborhoods, some of y'all don't know, but you look at their covenants and it will still say, do not sell to and Mexican. 
Yeah. It says the Spanish race or the black race do not sell to them. They are not allowed in wow. this area for public housing. Wow. What? We trying to buy the house. I don't want no public housing. Yeah. Trying to buy this house. That is one thing that, they, that they're oblivious to. And they're also oblivious to that you not even acknowledging someone else using or is doing something. It's just as offensive as they said it that you said it. If you don't agree with something, most people say, I don't agree. But if it's being done in your possession, you're there and it's being done and you step back and you just sit there without saying, hey, that's not right. When my father-in-law said to me, and he told me he liked two things black, his boots and his truck, my sister-in-law and my wife jumped up and defended me. They didn't agree with his... Because the other word came out afterwards, but I ain't going to say it. But, you know, that's exactly what he said. But if they stood up because they didn't your, agree. Your with wife it. is white. My wife is white. Well, she's half Latina, too, but <laughs> they don't even they won't even acknowledge that part of her because she looks white. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. she white. What other things are, are white people oblivious to? Uh, I'm trying to think of that. You know. In this day and age, just about everything has been said and has come out. So if you're really oblivious to anything, it's because you're just willingly yeah. being ignorant about it. Yeah. So uh, we've, we've talked, I mean, we've had the narrative has been talked about for years and years and everything you, you should know about housing, education, employment, how it's um, people of color have been deprived of having the same um, equity as White people, so if you, you shouldn't be oblivious to anything right yeah. now, I'm thinking. Yeah. So next question, what is the best way to communicate with people who misuse scripture to justify racism? <laughs> <laughs> the best way is the Bible says to yeah. love thy neighbor as thyself. So I, I don't know how you can justify any racism because you hate yourself. Yeah. You don't like yourself. You can't stand yourself. So how can you be racist if the Bible tells you to love thy neighbor as thy yeah. self? Yeah. Amen. Amen. We're, we're all one. I, I, and I said this earlier, and I believe in both of them. We might be different shades, but, but we're all humans. Yeah. Amen. We, we, we all bleed red. Yes. Amen. Each and every one of us, and I haven't seen anybody not bleed like that. We're all the same, just different, different shades. We go from light white to dark black. Yeah. Amen. So we're all the same. So yeah. we, we, we need to re remember that. And, and um, when you use scripture, you're, you're just trying to justify your wrong. Be because it's in there. It, it will tell you. And like Stevie said, if, if Jeff is my neighbor and I treat him differently than I treat Stevie, what, what kind of, where's love in that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That's really good. And I, I started out saying that, you know, in the New Testament, like racial equality is a gospel theology. Amen. Like I didn't share this in any other service. The first person that Jesus ever revealed himself to as the Messiah was a Samaritan woman who the Jews despised. So not right. just a Come Samaritan, on. but a woman. So he went, he went across racial and gender lines and said, I'm telling you I'm the Messiah, and now you're the first evangelist? Uh -huh. oh, wow. 
And then Paul again and again and again says there is, no, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. We are all one in the body of Christ. And then you get to heaven, and the Bible's very clear that heaven's pretty colorful, that there'll be every nation, tribe, language, and race of people that are all celebrating Jesus. So if, we, if we're going to celebrate color in heaven, we might as well celebrate color on earth and Amen. celebrate the difference. Celebrate, celebrate, he said. I'm expecting this next Sunday, by the way. Yeah. When these guys aren't here and I'm preaching, I want this, all right? <laughs> hey, man, where's y'all musicians? We need some music. <laughs> hey, they might come out. We will see. That's, that's really good. Thank you, guys. Um, so is it, is it best to be colorblind, in quotes, or appreciate and acknowledge cultural differences? I kind of just hit on that, but uh, we've had similar questions in the other services, but is it, because some people say, I don't see color. So what, what, what do you guys say to that? It's... Never be colorblind. Color is awesome. Yeah. I love color. I love it. I love it. In the summer, I get darker black. <laughs> My daughter brought me a t-shirt that says, you blackity black, black. <laughs> I didn't know if that was accomplished or whatever, but, but okay, whatever. And Steve was right. It goes from light to dark. He went light to dark. <laughs> Never be purpose. colorblind. <laughs> Never be colorblind, but you know how you can acknowledge cultural differences. Honestly, I love the Spanish culture because they cook some of the best food. Oh, my God. That's the one thing my wife did not get from her family, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. She can't do green chili like, oh, Jesus. But then the culture of black, I mean, y'all know I like fried chicken. Maybe you don't, but I can fry some chicken. (laughs) And man, y'all don't, you and cornbread, Lord, and greens and pig feet. <laughs> okay, I'm getting, it's embrace culture. You will learn yeah. so much. Yeah. The spices, yeah. the herbs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just real quick. Yeah, we, we, we shouldn't be colorblind because we're, we're different. Yeah. We're the same, but we're different. There's our different nuances that make us different, but that's what makes America great. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's what makes us great. Uh, I don't think we all came, all of us came over on a boat except for the indigenous people, the Native Americans. Yeah. So we came over on slave ships, a boat, but the rest of y'all came over on the Nina, the, yeah. the well, I forget. Whatever they were. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The Mayfly. Don't y'all ask came, me. <laughs> y'all came over. So yeah, don't be colorblind because it's our differences. When we said this, I'm saying it in everyone. Yeah. We started talking about the little, the, you can't be colorblind because me and Stevie, we were saying, we run on CP time, <laughs> and we were set, told to be here at eight, but black folks just can't be on time. We run on color people time. <laughs> so we were telling Jeff that, so you have to tell us to be there earlier than what you want. So that's just one of the things. Don't be colorblind. It all makes us what we are. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've said this in every service too, but I think when, you, when someone says, I, I don't see color, I'm color, colorblind, I think they say it to try to, they're trying to say I'm not racist. Yeah, but what it says to the person you're speaking to is, I don't see who you are. Yeah. So you are diminishing that they have been made in the image of God as an image bearer of God, and God gave them that color of skin. Mm-hmm. So to say, I don't see your color is saying, I don't see how God made you. You're right, not an right. image bearer. So it's, it's inadvertently offensive yeah, it's kind of to insulting. say you're colorblind. Mm-hmm. It's, I understand the sentiment. You're saying you're not racist, but it, right. comes, it can be received as offensive. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
We can take a couple more and then we're going to have to wrap it up for the day. Um, As a college student, how do I engage the culture without being accused of cancel culture? And cancel culture is legit right now, man. I mean, if you disagree with someone, say something they don't like, they're just like, you're done. You know, that's that's a hard one. I'm going to share this story real fast about my grandfather Um, in Mississippi. I took my wife down there and, and when we got there, he said, boy, son, put her in the back seat. You know, don't don't let them catch you with her in the car now. You might, you know, something gonna happen to you. But it was the culture he was in. Yeah. He was used to a black man. It was if I was driving in a car with her, she couldn't be in the front seat. I had to be driving her somewhere, mm. driving Miss Lazy or Daisy one. But <laughs> it was the culture, you know. And and so in our today's society, you know how you get canceled? They'll just delete you off Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram is gone. They don't want to talk to you no more. But I'm telling you, we have to to engage. The best way to engage is not to want to argue about it. Ooh. It's That's not good. to want to fight about it. That's good. To engage means just to, when it comes up, listen. Yeah. The, the quickest way to get into an argument when somebody says, you know, I'm sick and tired. I've just been, they say, oh, I'm so sorry. But you say, well, I don't know how you feel that way. No, just be like, oh. You know, listen. Yeah. They just want you to listen. But the yeah. moment you, well, that's not me. Well, they didn't told you it was you none anyway. They just explaining to you what had happened and that you don't listen. Yeah. So the quickest way to just engage by just listening. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's a hard one, you know, to, because that count, these young people nowadays, it, it, it's hard to keep up with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm still young, but you, <laughs> young, <laughs> you younger, younger people, it, it's kind of <laughs> hard. Um, that, that, you know, because if you don't agree with somebody, you're always called a name, you yeah. know, you're just something, you know, so it, it's kind of hard. But just just stay in the fight. Just keep yeah. pushing. Just just don't get discouraged because it's it's real easy. And I know yeah. I, right now I'm, I'm so glad it's just the season of young people. I believe that I, I, I that's that's what started this summer in 2020. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was the young people pushing yeah. these movements. It yeah. wasn't us older folks. It was the young people. So I just want you to be encouraged and keep going. And yeah. uh, it may not be easy. And just don't, when they say that, just don't let it stop you. Don't let it hinder you from continuing to, to try to strive for excellence in, yeah. in this thing. That's good. And don't worry. If somebody cancels you, like, move on to the person that will listen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's somebody. Yeah, you're going to lose. If you stand up for anything worthwhile, you're going to lose people. Mm-hmm. Anything worthwhile, you're going to lose people. So I don't know who asked it. I don't need to know. But st- like you said, stay in the fight, man. It's worth it. It's it worth is, it. It is. So we're going to have to end on this one because we'll have to get these guys out of here. But um, can you give, and probably it's not a good one to end on because I'm not sure there's an easy definition, but can you give an easy definition of systemic injustice for people that don't believe it still exists? What's an easy definition of systemic injustice or racism? <laughs> uh, you know, that is, that is very hard to um, end on because... I'll just again mention the Jim Crow laws. And I want to ask anybody in here, have anybody heard of gator bait? Mm. Gator bait. You probably wouldn't believe it, but gator bait was serious. Gator bait was when they stole little black kids, cut them, throw them by the bank, put them in the water so the gator could smell that blood and come running so they could shoot the gator in the head. Hopefully they get the gator before he got the child, but nine times out of ten that wasn't what happened. And if you look at the laws of Jim Crow, I know I'm not going to be too long, but they still exist. Somebody said, no, they don't. Yes, they do. They do. Because it was put in place. 
to make people of color be less than. And you still see it today. Because when you get this guy rapes a girl, or that's a harsh word, and this guy, but the same crime doesn't equal the same justice. It exists. You can see it still existing. Now, if you don't see it, then I, you are colorblind. <laughs> or you just period blind. But not everybody's racist, though. That's the yeah. question I want to yeah. make sure everybody knows. I don't feel everybody's racist. Some people are just plain born into a culture where it's just accepted and they don't know no better how to get out of until they meet somebody who can lead them by the hand and it should be Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Once you find Jesus, you have no excuse. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry because my Bible tells me once the man who's whom he's set free, you're free indeed. You don't have to go back to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Grammy. Yeah. All right. So I I do want to just say something real quick. just, just so you will know, and if you don't believe it, there's a book, and it, Jim Crow existed, and it still exists, exists, exists <laughs> today anyway, and it's called The New Jim Crow. Get that, and I can't remember the author right now that eludes me, but get that book, The New Jim Crow, and it's what's happening right now. But for systematic injustice, it's for an a individual or a group of people who doesn't have the same rights as another sect of people. You're, you're deprived of the education. You don't get the same education as another group. You don't get the same jobs. You don't get the same housing. You don't get the same employment. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. That's the injustice that is still happening yeah. today. Yeah. Today, as I sit on this stage and, and see it, you know, I, 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 you know I, I'm an educated person. And it's, I still had to fight twice as hard to get the job that I wanted, even though I was equal and, and most of the time even better yeah. than the other person. So it still exists. But that's, that's, I hope that helped you with the definition of what you're yeah. looking for. And we're going to share a couple. There's a couple of videos that our staff used this last year to help educate ourselves that were super, super helpful. That helped define it. It goes into the, some of the Jim Crow laws and, and the, the effects and laws that still exist that, that limit access for people of color to get things that a white person might have immediate access to or better access to. We're going to put those on, uh, online this week on my social media and the church social media. So be watching for that. They're, they're, they're really brief and they go, through, they go into detail real quick. And it was so, so helpful for our staff to learn um, how, what is systemic racism and where does it still exist. And so that'll be helpful for you. We'll throw that out there as well. Can I just say one more thing, Jeff? Real quick, I just want to share this one last story. It'll be real brief, but when me and my wife were trying to get a house back in, um, it was 1990s or 94, the lady told us, don't be surprised if you don't get the loan because your husband's black. Wow. Still. And my wife said, what? Wow. How do you know he black? <laughs> she said, because I just seen him. She goes, oh. Wow. Wow. Still happens. Yep. All right. These guys have done so good. Would you please show them some honor one more time? Thank you, guys. Thank you.
They are going to get a well-deserved nap today, I'm sure. And uh, you guys did awesome. Thank you again for the, your graciousness and humility and how you handled very difficult questions. And I'm just so honored that you guys were here. Um, if you need prayer for something, please stop by the purple tent all the way in the back before you go. Or if you're watching on the Church Online platform, just click that prayer button there. Uh, I think we're going to put all three services online because we answered different questions. So if you want to go back or refer it on or share your favorite service like this one, uh, we're going to put all three online and make sure that we have access to that. Don't forget to sign up for the FLE. We are limited in space, but we'll make as much room as we can using the lobby if we have to. Uh, make sure you sign up for that. I love you guys so much. Hope this was helpful for you. Have an awesome week. You're dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.